a safe place to work out the kinks in any relationship. It's Passion with CGAD 800's Dr. Lori Batito. Tonight on Passion, all night long, or at least 11 o'clock, I answer your questions about love, sex, and relationships. So you can text in at 514-800. You can call me, 514-790-0800, or feel free to email me anytime. I do answer questions at the beginning of every show, so uh, if you don't get your questions in today or I don't get to it, no worries. I'll get to it tomorrow or the next day. Uh, so you can send those to me to laurie at drlaurie.com. The other thing, too, is uh, if you want to weigh in on any issue that comes up, uh, whether you've experienced it, whether you have something to add, uh, whether I overlooked something or I didn't see an angle that you saw, please share. Uh, let's like this is like a community for me, and uh, especially on Tuesdays, it feels like it's people helping people, and it it works, right? So feel free. Uh, here's a question that was left over from yesterday, so I apologize for not getting to it yesterday, but I'm answering it now. And I would love to hear what other people have to say, and I think this listener would appreciate it as well. So it's, especially when it's an opinion thing, it's not based on science or anything but opinion, uh, then maybe your opinion, uh, your opinion would matter too. I need your advice, please. I love my partner, going out with him for 19 years. Now his daughter is inviting the father, so I'm assuming your partner, for the holidays to eat over with the ex-wife. But she was never on good terms with him. Why now? I disagree. What is your opinion? So let me let me see if I understand the, the question exactly. So you've been with your partner for 19 years. He has a daughter. His daughter invited your partner, her father, over for the holidays. The ex-wife will be there. Um, I'm not sure who was never in on good terms with him, but let's say it was the daughter who wasn't on good terms. Well, maybe she wants to make amends. Why now is anybody's guess? People have uh, awakenings or regrets and decide to, to make amends or fix things uh, for whatever reason. Uh, you shouldn't get in the way of him repairing a relationship with his uh with his daughter i get you're uncomfortable uh with the ex-wife being there i get that what i'm wondering is how come you're not invited like you don't say anything here that you're going to be invited but let's just say you are and i'm hoping you are it is the holidays you've been to with with her father for 19 years i would think that now you have been accepted as your as uh the father's uh partner and that you would go and you go and you hold your head up and you are civil and you're friendly and it doesn't matter if the ex-wife is there. This is about the daughter and this is makes the daughter comfortable and frankly, it's much better if everybody could get along. It, it actually works well for everybody else. If there are grandchildren, it's a, a good way to, to show them that people can get along even if they are not together anymore. So I'm not sure what you disagree with. So if you're listening, I'd love you to give me a bit more information about that and see. But otherwise, 
if anybody has been in, in that situation, especially with the holidays coming up and, uh, come next week, uh, during our, um, with our therapist panel, I think we're going to talk about how to cope with the holidays, especially when you have these kinds of situations where you have, uh, two sets of parents and, or sometimes four sets of parents to deal with. And they're all, you've got to split yourself off into many different pieces for this. And what about when, you know, you've got the two sides of the family, uh, coming together in, in one space. Is that a possibility? Do you, do you do it for the kid's sake? Like there's a lot of things to, uh, to consider, but be the bigger person and, uh, you know, encourage and support your partner's willingness to make amends with his daughter. And if it means being in the same room with his ex-wife, seeing as that they've been divorced for 19 years because you've been together with him for 19 years. So I'm making an assumption here, but, uh, you got to let it go. And it's much better for everybody just to have peace. It's also what the holiday is about peace and joy and gratitude and all of that. So think about that, um, going forward. If you have any thoughts on this, let me know, 514-800 to, uh, to text in. I am 18 years old and I'm very confused about my gender. I sometimes cross-dress. I am attracted to men, but I don't know if I'm gay or transgendered. What do I do? So at 18 years old, for sure, some people know very well that they are gay or that they are transgendered or... Uh, some people know, and other people don't. Other people need more time to discover themselves and to figure out what it is. But if there's confusion about all of this, talk to a professional, talk to a therapist who understands uh, orientation and sexuality and, and all of that, and be able to like let it out, unpack it with someone so that you can figure out where to go. What I would tell you not to do is don't go on the internet and order hormones for yourself or anything of the sort. Like you have to be, you you really have to treat this, um, seriously because it's a very, it's complex sometimes, especially when it comes to gender dysphoria and things like that. It's a complex issue that requires professional help with people who know what they're doing. So I want you to think about that. See a psychologist, see a psychiatrist if need be, and try and, uh, and work it out. You talk about sometimes cross-dress. Like one question I would ask is when you cross-dress, how do you feel? There are some straight men, oftentimes cross-dressers or um, we call transvestitic behaviors, are usually found in straight men. Uh, they are okay with there being a male. They just enjoy and sometimes get aroused by cross-dressing, meaning dressing as, um, as a female. So here we have the cross-dressing. Do you feel like more yourself in there? Have you felt more that you are, uh, a woman trapped in this body of a man? Um, like, yeah, there's a lot of questions to ask and you need a thorough evaluation, a thorough psychosexual evaluation to figure out what is going on, uh, exactly here. And, and, but with the questions that are going to be asked of you, it will help you kind of put things in a, 
in in perspective and within a framework that you could uh, you could work with. Uh, Texter writes in, been there, done it. If mature people cannot be sociable for a few hours over the holidays, they have bigger personal problems than what is on the surface. If one refuses to come because someone else they do not like will be there, too bad, they simply miss out. You're right. It's not even the people who are there who are going to miss out. They're punishing themselves, actually. And, you know, it can often be very petty and, and... Yes, and it feels very immature when someone says, well, if your mother's going to be there, well, I'm not going to be there. If your father's going to be there, well, I'm not going to be there. And it just it just perpetuates all the nastiness. And what for? Life is short. Like, let, we've got to learn to let things go, right? Do you have questions for me? Send them in, 514-800. If you want to text in, you can also feel free to email me right here, right now to laurie at drlaurie.com. That's L-A-U-R-I-E at D-R-L-A-U-R-I-E.com. And I'm I'm happy to answer uh, up until 11 p.m. You can also call in at 514-790-0800. So, Uh, If you have questions, anything to do with your love life, with your relationship, you're struggling there, you have a a particular uh, sex question, which, you know, get a lot of those, of course, uh, then I'll answer those. And if you want to put in your two cents on whatever issue I am bringing up or or our listeners are bringing up, then feel free to to weigh in as well. Uh, Coming up, a penis size question, because there's always got to be one, right? From the pleasure and the politics to the hang-ups and the heartbreak, you're listening to Passion, CJD 800. It's Trouble Tuesdays, the night on Passion that I reserve to answer your questions till 11 p.m. We have Roger on the line at 514-790-0800. Hi, Roger. Hi there. Thanks for taking my call. My pleasure. Um, just wanted to uh, to vent a little bit tonight um, and and have a sort of get your opinion on something. Mm-hmm. Um, more and more, so so I've been in a committed relationship for um, uh, it's going to be eight years that I'm married. Okay. Um, and it just seems that everywhere I go, everybody I talk to is either lying, cheating, or being. Um, dishonest with mm. their partner for whatever reason. It could be financial gain. It could be emotional right. uh, um, tolerance, whatever, whatever uh, term you want to use. And, and as it has become quite disheartening um, to hear that daily, day in and day out, <laughs> how people have given up on the idea of, of what it means to be truly in love with someone and respect someone. Uh, the question I had for you was, Look, if we look at the numbers, right? So uh-huh. 50% of marriages in Quebec, give or take, I don't know what the exact stat is, but let's say around. Give or take, it's around 50%. So that means that, that over half, let alone be dishonest with each other, it just doesn't work out, period. Right. Um, so then out of the other 50%, you'd have to assume that everybody else that is married would be truly happy in their relationship, which, of course, we know no. is not the case. Right. So, so statistically, there's like a 7 out of 10 chance right, if we want to sort of ballpark it, that most people are unhappy being married than they are. And if so, is it getting worse 
or is it me? Is it the people that I'm hanging with? Because a lot of these people are very intelligent people. They're very well-spoken people. They're very respectful yeah. people. Uh, but when it comes to relationships, they just don't believe in it anymore. You, you know, it's I don't think it's that people don't believe in it. I think people are lazy and don't realize that they have to work at making a relationship good. So statistically, about uh, 20% of relationships are really good. <laughs> Which, so um, just to give you the stats, I just read that somewhere uh, in a book recently. So it, that is disheartening. And, I, and I'm with you. Think how I feel. This is what I do all day long, hearing these stories. Um, and trying to help people to rebuild. But the message I want people to have is that it doesn't just happen. Like you have to work at it. We're all human. So we all have our uh, insecurities and our triggers and our histories and our pasts. And uh, like we all have issues to some degree, right? There's no perfect human on earth. So we have to be able to work past a lot of this, but we, we're not taught the skills to do that, unfortunately. So you end up learning it, hopefully, if you decide you're going to go get help. So if, if your relationship is going badly, instead of cheating, instead of divorcing, go get help and get the tools you need to have a better relationship. If we could only teach those ahead of time, we might save a lot of marriages and, and they won't, won't end up in that, in that space. Does that make sense? I think you touched on it. What you said is it's, it's hard. Yeah. Uh, or it's, easy, it's easy to, and, and that's sort of some of the things that I'm looking at. I see these people who are married, uh, you know, they have it both ways. They come home to their family at night. They've got children at home, uh, you know, quote unquote, happy relationship. No, you know, nothing, nothing wrong there, but on the side, uh, either the husband or the wife, and in both cases, is just completely doing what they want. And I'm looking at this, and I'm like, "What? What's the point? Yeah. What's the point? Why did you commit to somebody and take an oath to that person if, as soon as it gets hard, you bail?" I, I talk, talk to my wife yeah. all the time. I tell her all the time, it's easy when everything is teaching. That's right. But when the rent is due. Or your mortgage payment is due, or you've fallen behind, or somebody's fallen ill, or somebody's yeah. lost their job, or, or haven't got the, the promotion they were looking for, and, and it's taken a toll, or whatever, you know, whatever that is, that's when you really know the worth of a human being. That's where you really know the worth of what you, and how strong your relationship is. Right. Everybody is taking the easy way out, and it's... Yeah, it's it's frustrating and, and and it's sad and hopefully we get the message out by calls like yours and bringing the topic up and listen, I've dedicated my entire life and my raison d'être for for what I do is to help people get past that, to understand what it takes to have uh, a healthy and and strong uh, marriage. So hopefully, you know, people will 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 heed these. Uh, to these suggestions and, and think about it, really, really think about it. And we'll see what happens in the next generations because, you know, with the throwaway kind of uh, society that we, uh, we now have, it seems to be more and more acceptable to just, you know, like just move on, you know, and, and not really work hard at stuff anymore. So we'll see what happens, but thanks for bringing it up. I think it's a, a very important, uh, important point that you bring up. Thank you so much, Roger. Uh, this text writes, Roger needs a new circle of friends. <laughs> I know many loyal couples, respectful guys like myself, and I avoid disloyal and dishonest people. They have no honor or self-respect. So that's something you can ask yourself too, of course, is 
who are my friends and what kind of people do I hang out with? Is it really, uh, is it really everybody? I don't think so. It's not everybody. Uh, another question, as a gay man, I wonder if you have experienced the following in seeking a male partner. Well, I wouldn't have experienced it personally, of course. I was head over heels for a guy who would be a Caucasian version of Obama, articulate, funny, and drop-dead handsome. He let me know not so subtly that I was the last person on earth he would date. Well, that's not nice. He then dated a guy who brought his character to trailer trash. He asked to date me a month ago. I politely declined. Was I wrong since he had changed not for the better? You're not wrong. You go with your instinct, first of all. Forget the fact that someone is drop-dead gorgeous. That's not enough. That's not enough to sustain a relationship, not enough to make you feel good. Right away, the big red flag is, he's telling you, he actually said the words, pretty much, you're the last person on earth I would date. That's a horrible thing to say. That tells you something about the person. So now that, you know, whatever, he didn't work out with someone else, he's coming to you because why? He thinks you're just going to admire him and, 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 and bow to him and say, sure, because I have all, you know, you're, you're, you're drop dead gorgeous and I'm lucky enough that you asked me. No. So stick to your guns. Remember self-love self-respect, whatever's going to make you feel those things is where you go, is what you go with. So I say, you know, stay away from that. If your first instinct was already, you know, negative, like don't, don't go back there. All right. For years now, I have been wondering about this. I am in my fifties and very insecure about the size of my flaccid penis. I am embarrassed in locker rooms. When erect, I am happy with my size, but when not erect, it is so small. I need to know if this is normal and if there is anything I can do about it. So that's a long time. You're 50 years old and you've been insecure about it your whole life. Uh, imagine the, um, the struggle, the internal struggle, right? That insecurities bring on and, and the impact it has. Let me just reassure you, and I wish somebody had talked to you about this earlier, but a flaccid penis is no indicator of how big it will be when erect. We call an erection the great equalizer of penises because you could have a one inch flaccid penis, soft penis next to a four inch soft one. And when erect, you both get to the same size. So, um, I understand like, uh, most men in locker rooms are not looking at an erect penis. Like that's not what would be happening there. You'd probably make some men quite uncomfortable if that was the case. Um, so I don't know what to tell you. Like there's nothing you could do about it and there's nothing you should do about it. Uh, you're, you know, they call them growers and showers. So you're a grower, not a shower. Some guys are showers and not such big growers. So it's okay. And accept, accept yourself as you are. Um, anybody guys, do you want to weigh in on this, uh, and, and help this, this person out? Because I find so many men are insecure about that and just based on what they, what they visually see. 
So either they're in the locker room and they're seeing non-erect penises and comparing to that, so they have no idea who's a grower and, uh, and who's a shower. Um, and then they have porn. But the guys on porn are there because they have big penises. So, like, we're, like you, nobody gets to see, like, what's the norm here, right? So you take my word for it, statistically... The average size penis erect. You can't. There is no average size in its soft state because, again, it, there, there's such a variation with absolutely no correlation, no correlation with the size of it uh, in its in its full erect state. For the most part, I'm just generalizing here. Uh, so five point something inches erect is your average size penis. I'm sure you've heard me say this now probably about 3,000 times, right? Passion with Dr. Lori Batito on CJAD 800. Trouble Tuesday tonight, uh, where I answer your questions all night long. So there's a follow-up to the, the first question that was asked. A woman is dating uh, a guy for 19 years, and his daughter is inviting the dad over for the holidays with the ex-wife and wants to know the opinion. She followed up with um, his daughter, her daughter, no, his daughter only wants her father to go with to the ex-wife's house without her. So does that make any sense? Uh, okay. So at this point, it's a different, uh, it's a different situation. If you are, if the the husband, the, the guy is your significant other, and you are absolutely not acknowledged, especially during the holiday time, and the daughter is saying, no, dad, I want you to come to mom's, his ex-wife's house but don't bring your partner, then, then I find that, uh, not really acceptable. I think, uh, in that case, I think that your partner should say, look, um, you know what I want, I spend the holidays with my significant other. We've been together for two decades. <laughs> I, she can come too. If she can come, I'll come. Otherwise, We'll have to have two separate um, celebrations, and maybe you'll come to our house, uh, our house on another night. Um, I, I mean, that's what I would do. I think at some at some point you have to set your boundaries, and uh, especially you're 19 years with somebody, and it's holiday time. That would that be cool to to leave your partner home alone while you're doing this? No, I uh, I would not uh, would not accept that. And, of course, our nightly poem uh, that I don't write, by the way. One of our listeners sends it to me every day. Um, this partner, first of all, and leave his partner behind, no way. That I, I agree also with you, no way. That uh, that wouldn't be right. It's Trouble Tuesday. Dr. Lori Kennesis, she will tell you the facts and to avoid the myths. A difference of opinion. You may disagree with a the thought. There's always a compromise and the issue soon forgot. A smile and a hug could go a long way or just a few words with a compliment to say. Just remember what is important, something we all think of. John Lennon said it best, all you need is love from Pat, the Passion Poet. We're going to call you the Passion Poet, Mark. 
Um, <laughs> you're like, you're getting into this habit quite well. All right. Uh, maybe you have something to say about this one too. I'm writing to you because I'm very upset and I feel completely betrayed by my husband. Recently, I found lots of porn on his computer, stuff that was really weird. We haven't been having sex lately, but I think he masturbates to the porn. Why doesn't he just turn to me for sex? Good question. Although I have no idea what you mean by really weird, because what could be weird for one person may not be weird at all. Um, so we'll, we'll leave that on the side, but let's talk about the betrayal. Just the porn watching on its own doesn't have to be a big deal. But if the person, your partner is replacing sex with you with porn activities, there is a problem. So especially if you're being denied the sex or you're not feeling wanted or, uh, all of that. So what is going on? Is this something new with your partner? Is your partner in some kind of crisis, depressed? Is there anxiety? Is there an addiction going on here? Is, uh, is your partner bored with the kind of, uh, sex life that you have? What's missing here is the talk. What's missing here is communication about, uh, sexuality that needs to be had. And, and you need help. The couple needs help because here there's a betrayal or a feeling of the betrayal. And the, the betrayal is, is, um, it's more traumatic because you've, you've been neglected. So it's not just, I found porn on my partner's computer. Although I imagine you would feel even traumatized if let's say you found only gay porn on your partner's computer and you had no idea that your partner had any attraction, for example, or that your partner was bisexual or anything of the sort. So that would be the betrayal would be like, I don't know who you are. Like you've hid a, an important part of yourself to me. And now you question everything, right? And you question the honesty and you question all kinds of stuff. So, um, that's where that, that betrayal trauma like comes from really. Um, and also if your partner knows that you are, let's say very anti-porn or you have a, you've made it known that this is a big issue for you and your partner is doing things on the side and taking time away from the couple. That's another betrayal as well. So this, um, this definitely has to, uh, has to be dealt with. So please get professional help in this situation. Y you won't be able to overcome it without some clarity. So we, we need to figure that out. Um, texter writes in at five, one, four, eight hundred. I married this guy last year. He is 69 years old and I'm 61. I found out after marriage, after marriage that he has no money and no retirement money. Now I'm getting panic attacks. I can only support myself. I don't have too much money. I was lonely before. Now I'm depressed. So I don't understand you marry a guy without having any knowledge of what his situation was like. Did you not ask the questions? Did you not find out how he lives? How does he support himself? Um, like 
this is important information to have prior to uh, to getting married. So I, I'm not sure really what to tell you, but if if you love this person, if this person is a, a if you feel really connected and is money really the one issue that will keep you apart? Like, could you try and work as a team? I mean, he must get some government pension at the very, at the very least. How was he paying his rent before? Whatever he was using to pay his rent should be a contribution to the couple so that you now split the rent and pay it uh, together. So he had to have been supporting himself somehow before you came into the picture, unless he lost, I, I don't know. I, 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 I don't even know the unless. So give me more, give me more details here. Um, I can understand you being upset, uh, finding this out later, but is this something he hid from you? Did he lie about it? Like that would make be to me even far more upsetting if it was some information that was deliberately, uh, kept from you. So let's talk about that. Let me know what else is, is going on here. Uh, uh, oh, this text writes, if he is watching questionable porn, something a tad twisted, likely something that most people would not even want to watch. Talking to him may not be the real answer. He may really need one-on-one with Dr. Lori. Could be. Will he go? Um, and what, you know, what, what is twisted? <laughs> like those, those definitions have really changed over the years. I have to tell you, uh, another young person, uh, writes in a 19 year old getting ready for sex. That's uh, how do you decide when, uh, when you're ready, uh, for sex and what happens when you don't want to, and you're not ready, but you're feeling kind of pressured. So we'll, uh, we'll answer that question and whatever else you throw my way or anything you want to add, especially to the holiday uh, question that we got about leaving the partner behind and going to the exes with the, with the kids and leaving your the partner you've been with 19 years, not with you. Uh, 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 I don't agree with that, but let's see if you have any thoughts on that. This is Passion on CJAD 800. Still have a few minutes left to get in your questions or your comments. A couple of follow-ups here. Talking about twisted stuff, but twisted sex. Yes, yeah, sex with animals, severe BDSM. Those are twisted according to this uh, text. So I would say that anything that is illegal and non, uh, that depicts non-consensual. So illegal being bestiality, child porn, absolutely. Those are twisted and those are uh, quite illegal. Uh, and then a follow-up to the woman who married the guy with no money. Uh, she writes, he is an engineer, so I assume that he must have good money. I didn't ask him. He told me that he was not able to find permanent work. He lives hand-to-mouth and no extra money for eating out or vac- vacations. He is getting money from government, but barely enough. You should have known this going in, and if this mattered to you, then uh, that would have been uh, an issue. You know, you would have had to decide, do do I want to get involved or not? Otherwise, work as a team and support each other. It's not just about 
the money. If this person makes you feel good and he's a, a good partner and a good companion, um, if you married for the money, you married the wrong guy. Uh, so making an assumption based on somebody's career, you, nobody knows how people spend their money or how much debt they go into or, or what have you. So this is information you probably uh, should have had. So it's a decision you have to, uh, to make for yourself. And if it means you go, wanting to go away and, and travel on your own, then you can travel on your own if, if that's the case, if you're worried about that. Or you chip in and pay for the both of you if you have enough for both of you. So, But if you're married for the money, that's a whole other uh, situation. Question, if porn is wrong to watch, for who was it made for? So I didn't say porn. I personally did not say porn is wrong to watch. Uh, we were talking about the woman who felt betrayed by her partner's porn use. Some people are very uncomfortable with porn. Some people don't understand also uh, the use of porn versus the difference between that, uh, masturbation, porn watching, and uh, having sex with a partner, oftentimes uh, people get upset because they feel that you're, the partner who's watching is actually wanting what they see uh, in porn or they're comparing their partner to the, the porn partners, I mean the porn uh, performers. But pornography is, is fantasy. It's, it's entertainment. It's movies. It's entertainment. And it's not based on... Um, not based on reality. Uh, so it's not that it's wrong to, to watch. It's, it, it's problematic when it takes over your life. There's a, and when you replace it with your partner who is there and available. So it can be problematic, but for the 99% of people who watch it, it isn't problematic by the way. Uh, texter wants to know how long was she married for? So, um, the, yeah, maybe you can let me know for the, the woman who texted, how long have you been married for, uh, when you discovered all of this? Are you thinking texter that there's reason for an annulment there or what, why did you ask this question? <clears throat> all right. I am 19 years old. I've been seeing a guy for the last year. He respects that I want to stay a virgin for a while longer and he doesn't push intercourse, but he insists I give him oral sex every day. Many times I don't feel like it, but he is very pushy. Are all guys like this? He says they are. I need your opinion. <laughs> Run for the hills, uh, young lady. Run for the hills. Anybody who pressures you into doing something... You know, it's like he's saying, well, you don't have intercourse, so you must do this. You have to take care of my needs, whether you like it or not. Is there reciprocity? Does he do things for you? Does he give you pleasure? Or are you there to service him and to serve his needs? Like if this is how you're feeling already, this is not a good sign. And no, I would say that all guys are not like this. Please, men, speak up for, for, for the guys out there. Um, I think that many men, uh, maybe younger men, no, even younger men. I don't. I think that for the most part, men are respectful and, well, they should be anyway. They should respect boundaries and what have you. 
I get it. He's probably 19 and horny as hell, but to push uh, your partner to doing something that they don't always feel like it and to feel like you are like literally servicing somebody does not does not make a, a great relationship, nor does it make the other person feel good. And in the end, will only create resentment in you. So he's not helping the situation by, by doing this. So don't buy into all guys are like this and this is what you need to do to keep me happy. And, uh, you know, if it's not me, some, some other guy will, will, will expect the same thing. Don't buy into that. It's manipulation and it's not true. So any person that does not respect your boundaries is a big red flag and you should really question, uh, the relationship. <clears throat> a porn makes more money than all major movie studios combined stat from the president of direct TV. So who's watching mostly everyone, uh, quite true. And the, the funny thing is when, um, I've told this, told you this story before, and it was in the news on several occasions, but there was a, a group of researchers here in Quebec that wanted to do a study comparing porn viewers to non-porn viewers on, I don't know what they were measuring exactly or what they wanted to measure, but they had to abandon the study because they could not find a sample size. They couldn't find anybody who had never seen porn. I guess they were looking at a certain age bracket and they could not find anybody. So they couldn't do their research. So what does that tell you? Maybe a lot of people don't may, may not admit to it or what have you, but it's, it re, if you have to look at it for what it is, it's not real life. It's entertainment. Okay. Arousing entertainment, but you know, so are, um, <clears throat> so can, uh, romantic comedies be arousing for women or romantic novels or, or erotic novels or things like that can, can also be triggering. So it's just another form of entertainment. When, when women read their, these steamy, steamy novels, we know it's not real life. We know this is, this is the, a fantasy version of something, right? But it can still be arousing and exciting and all of that. Well, porn kind of does the same thing. So I got to keep that, uh, keep that in mind. So if you have questions throughout the week, by the way, just so you know, I, I answer them at the beginning of every show and I'm always happy to do that. So you can send them to me, to uh, my website, drlaurie.com, or just send me directly, laurie at drlaurie.com and listen in, tune in uh, to at the very least the beginning of the show. But even if you don't hear the answer because you haven't, you weren't near your radio, if you go to my website, all the podcasts of all the past shows are listed there. They're all there by date, by topic. So just go to Passion Radio uh, to that tab, and then you can you can see them all there. You can get them off of SoundCloud. You can get them from iHeartRadio. So if you've missed them, you can pick them up there. Um, and then you know what ends up you can share like especially if you ask a question and you want your partner to hear it or what have you go for it uh use it use it for discussions too i want to thank you all for your questions always uh, super interesting remember you guys make the show because without you i wouldn't be here so thank you uh, and thanks to aaron lakoff for doing such an amazing job as our technical producer 
You can connect with me on uh, social media at Dr. Lori Batito, B-E-T-I-T-O is how you spell my last name. Coming up next here on CJAD, we've got uh, the CTV National News. Have a wonderful rest of the evening and remember to live your life with passion. Words,